Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of different places on the internet. We are live right now on Crowdcast, also over on YouTube. If you prefer an audio version, this isn't live, but that's okay. It's on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcasts, you check out Comic Book Club and all of its related podcasts. Please do it. Now, folks, we have... An awesome show for you tonight. Woo-hoo! In a little bit, we're going to bring in our guest, the legendary Dave Thomas, to talk about his new book. But first, a couple of quick things, a couple of orders of business to get through here. Mm. Yes. Uh, first of all, I wanted to give a big shout out right here at the top of the oh. show. I wanted to oh. give a shout out to two of our Patreon members and good friends, John George and Ari Dorian, oh, yeah. who have been yes. incredible supporters of the show for a very long time, but also... They have been the stewards of the Patreon movie night for years now, I think, at this point. They have been hosting pretty much nonstop screenings over the pandemic uh, for everybody in the Patreon. It's been really fun to see. They've been having people vote on it. They totally took charge of it in a really big way, and they're absolutely, absolutely amazing. Uh, We love them so much, and we appreciate them. Uh, Thank you, Aaron just announced in the comments... That they're going on a little bit of a hiatus with the movie thing because I think they watched way too many horror movies in a row. Totally. Yeah, it's and that's too many. Yeah. October. It's, it's too much. It's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. You got to take a break and then gear up for the nonstop Christmas movies in December. That's how oh, it works. You know? We're healthy people is the point. <laughs> but thank you to both of them so much. They are awesome. And we love having them on board and all the things that they do. Next up, something that we've been talking about quite a bit here. We've been challenging all of you to challenge us in the iTunes comments oh to either read and review a book or to give us a question for our audience questions later on the show. Uh, we've read some great stuff because of that. And we've got another comment here that I wanted to read. Oh, here it is. All. This is from Hive Mind Comics on iTunes. Mm, Not every great mind. work of art starts off with a bang. Sometimes it takes a minute for the artist to get their footing. An example of this is Alan Moore's legendary run on Swamp Thing. Oh, when no. I first tried Truth. reading the series, I struggled through the lengthy prose of the first trade and then let it set on my shelf for a few years alone. Luckily, I finally gave it another shot, and it is now my favorite run in all of comics. Unlike Alan Moore's slow burn masterpiece, Comic Book Club is immediately great. (laughs) From go, these guys are at the peak of their craft, true masters of the form. A more perfectly formed team cannot be found in any comic book. They always bring fresh takes on the big books and make sure to highlight the smaller books that other comic sites and podcasts neglect. They understand when a series needs some time to figure out its pacing and long-term structure. That's why I'm confident they will read the second trade oh, of Alan Moore's wow. saga of the Swamp Thing. Buttered us up. Buttered us up. Now we did. you going back in We did this uh, last week on the stack. We reviewed the yep. first volume of Saga of the Swamp Thing. And Pete, you were a little mixed on it, right? Yeah, yeah, let's bring that up again. Or we could, you know, start a show. You know what I mean? Like, let's. let's (laughs) Anyway, we have been challenged by Highline Comics to read and review the second volume of Saga of the Swamp Thing. So we're going to do that on next week's Stack Podcast. In the meantime, if you want to challenge us to review a book, maybe not the third volume of Swamp Thing. Uh, Totally fine. (laughs) We're going to carry it up a little bit. There are other comic books out there. Yeah. Just saying. 
I mean, well, I've already read like them, that. so it's like when a teacher challenges you for homework that you've already done. <laughs> I appreciate it. Regardless, we'll definitely do that, but leave us a comment in iTunes and we will review some stuff. And last but not least, Stray Bullet, our resident CBC chef, has been curating a drink every week from the Gotham City Cocktail Book. This week, Justin, you're the only one with a habit. I kind of messed it up. So you want to cue up yep. what we're drinking here? Yours exploded? I uh, Yes, it did explode, and then I poured it into a glass that was not properly cleaned. There were just, like, coffee grounds floating up. It was gross. I don't even oh, want to talk about what it. What are you coffee doing? Grounds. Do you live in a garbage? I am a raccoon. A I'm yeah. a raccoon. We know this. Yeah. It's true. And let me throw out here. You Alex, only had one co- glass? I don't know. I made two... Grounds. I made two, one for me, one for my wife. My wife's glass was clean, and it really took the wind out of my cells when I saw the coffee grounds uh, float up, so I gave her her drink, and I just grabbed myself. I can't imagine what was floating in hers. Is she okay? Um, yeah. I don't know. She started bubbling at the mouth, and that's, no, that's the last I saw her. I was like, got to do a good. podcast. <laughs> See ya. I that's go. the last I saw her. A couple <laughs> of coffee grounds should never deter you from drinking a, a drink. That's um, true. Fair so enough. this... This drink is um, gin, just like a gin fruit cocktail, um, which is nice with some bitters. Um, it said fresh pineapple juice, something I can't imagine making. <laughs> um, squeezing a pineapple? What are you? Some sort of Hulk? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so that is not, I, I have fresh orange juice, fresh lime, and a little bit of a, a can, classic canned pineapple juice. And some Folgers like crystals on top? Like what did Of you course, get? a light dusting yeah. of coffee grounds yeah. and one loose used Band-Aid. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Sounds right. so good. Well, that's great. Very excited about that. We are going to bring in our guest now. As right. mentioned, he is a legendary yes. comedian from SCTV, among many other things. And he's a new legend. book out called The Many Lives of Jimmy Layton. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Thomas, hello. How are you Welcome. doing? Welcome. Hello. So Welcome. good. So good to see you. So excited to have you here. Now, this new book, you work with Max Allen Collins, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how... How did you get set up with him? Was this an idea you came to him about? Did he come to you? Was it just batting around ideas? How, how did it happen? Well, actually, um, Tom Kenny, SpongeBob, introduced us. Classic. <laughs> of course. Classic meet And That's Tom's how an my wife friend. and I were introduced by Tom Kenny. Were you really? <laughs> SpongeBob and... No. <laughs> the cartoon SpongeBob been, introduced us. That would have been pretty cool, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I've known Tom for years. And I don't know, this came out of Comic-Con and um, he said, uh, Tom said, I got a friend who's, who would love to talk to you and is, he's, a, he's a famous writer. He's written, you know, Road to Perdition, among other things, and Dick Tracy and Mickey Spillane stuff. And I said, oh, great. And he said, so here's his phone number if you want to call him, call him. <laughs> so I, Challenge. I, I was curious and I just called him and we ended up getting along really great on the phone and um, he said what are you doing now what are you working on and I said and I brought this up because a show that I had pitched uh, to a couple places and thought nah this isn't going to fly <laughs> so I, thought, I, was, I was writing it as a book so I started writing it as a book and I told Max about it and he said well how far did you get I said, I got about three chapters. And he said, well, can I read what you got? I said, sure. So I sent it to him. And he read it. And he said, I love this. He said, I'll help you get a publisher. I'll help you get um, a book agent. But what I'd really rather do is write it with you. So I thought, well, since he's written over 100 novels, (laughs) <laughs> and I hadn't written any. I thought that's kind of a win-win for me. Yeah, I like those so, odds. Uh, yeah, so I said, "Sure, let's do that." And then COVID hit, mm-hmm. so I'd planned to go to. He lives in Iowa. I was going to go to Muscatine, Iowa, and he was going to come here, and we we're going to kind of switch off. A well, we ended up writing the whole thing on Zoom, and you know, on on the phone, and. Um, and he got he Max got the book deal for us, and then um, and then we just started working through it, you know, and got it done. And then next thing we knew, it was done. And then I had to think of something else to do. 
<laughs> That's the problem with accomplishments. Yeah. What, it right was, in the mix. what was the process like for you when you two were working on it? Was one person typing while the other was throwing out ideas? Did it go back and forth? We, <clears throat> so I had the basic premise of it launched from the first three chapters. Mm-hmm. But what we added to it, I thought was really smart, which is, I basically had a sci-fi story about a guy that gets transported to another dimension, to another version of his life. And it's based on the work of um, Hugh Everett III, a Princeton physicist who came up with this concept called, oh, what happened? Oh, my book popped up. (laughs) What a coincidence. I thought I'd I'd pushed a button and something had gone wrong here. Anyway, um, so this physicist came up with what he called the many worlds interpretation. And essentially his take was that for every binary choice in life, an AB choice, you come to an intersection, you could go left or right. So you go left. However, the third said the right turn, the road not taken still exists. And all the consequences of that exists in a universe that we just don't see. We're not in it. And it's coming, it's like the famous Schrodinger's cat experiment, the cat in a box thought experiment by Erwin Schrodinger, that the cat is both dead or alive until you open the box and then the act of observing it determines the state, whether it's alive or dead. So yeah. I thought, all right, as an entry into a sort of interdimensional story about a guy that gets to experience different versions of his life. This is a good sort of a sigh for the sci-fi part of it that I could sort of do some research on and see if I can make this work. Then when Max said he wanted to do it, I said, you know, it would be great is if we added a, a kind of a mystery element to it that people would go, oh, that's why Max Allen Collins is doing it with Dave. <laughs> he's, a fam- he's a famous mystery writer. So we, we came up with that. So our story is about a little thief from South Boston who is on the run from a Vietnamese drug lord. He owes him 5,000 bucks. And he runs across the river. He takes an Uber across the river to Cambridge, Massachusetts, from South Boston. And he steals a, a Harvard sweatshirt, blends in with the students. He's good at that. But he needs money. <clears throat> so he breaks into a house. But he picks the wrong house. It's the house of a physicist from MIT who's conducting a quantum many worlds experiment in his basement. And our lead, our hero, Jimmy Layton, connects the wrong quantum cable to the wrong gizmo. And next thing he knows, he's holding a steering wheel in Chicago, in a car in Chicago, a thousand miles away in another version of his life. So at the same time that this happens, somebody in the house that he broke into shoots him in the head and doesn't kill him. He goes into a coma. And this actually works for the many worlds um, interpretation because, you know, the detractors, the guys who, the physicists like Max Planck, who argued that whoever the third was full of shit, and this is yeah. just a stupid, fanciful thing. It can't be proved. We, because... we talk shit about Max Planck all the time on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're always so, after that, dude. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> he came up with what he calls the Copenhagen interpretation. And basically, his theory was if you go left, the road not taken, the right turn collapses. That universe collapses at the point that you make the left-hand turn. And there's certain logic to that. So... In order to be able to make, in order to be able to confirm or test the hypothesis of the many worlds interpretation, somebody would have to kill themselves. It's called quantum suicide at the point of the intersection to be able to experience the road not taken. Well, that's that's a difficult thing as a scientist because how do you come back? And present your results. Yeah, (laughs) that's the biggest problem is coming back and doing a PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we thought, oh, this solved my problem of how does Jimmy hop from one version of his life to another instead of just parking in one alternate reality? And the reason is he isn't dead yet. 
Yeah. So he's yeah. coming phasing phasing in and out from this version of his life to another. And these versions of his life are all sort of similar, meaning that he doesn't go off and become the president of Argentina or anything like that. In one life, mm -hmm. he's a soldier. In one life, he's a boxer. In another life, he's a priest. They're all sort of things that a little thief from South Boston could have done in his <laughs> life if he had just made slightly different choices. Yeah. So that's it. And, and the way Max and I worked it out was he said to me, well, let's beat out the outline together. And then you take the first pass at each chapter and I'll do my pass afterwards. And then we'll get together and kind of butt our heads and figure out what the final draft of that is going to be like. And so that's the way we did it. And um, I had a lot of fun with him and it was a great experience. Well, it, it comes across in the writing, the way the, the storytelling happens and uh, it's it it's really worth the ride and the, all the turns. It's a, it's a fantastic finish to a, a really cool idea. So congratulations. It's a great read. Well, thanks. That's nice. That's really nice to hear because you never know. Awesome. In, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're at your keyboard and you're going, uh, I don't know, maybe this is good. You, know, maybe <laughs> good. you don't know, you know, and I'm used to television and film where I get immediate feedback from, you know, the network or the audience, somebody's telling me my stuff is full of shit. And so I I know I get instant feedback. This book thing is different. You know, you write it and then you send it out there and then feedback starts to slowly drift in. You yeah. Know? And I'm, I'm on to the next thing. It was just like, sure, oh. Yeah. Exactly. You can't go back and change it. So that's, no. uh, that's a hard uh, thing, hard change. Do you, uh, you were mentioning at this the beginning that this kind of started as something else on the TV and movie bent. Now that you do have the book, do you feel like that could potentially be a little more proof for a TV series or a movie or some sort of pitch? Or do you look at it as the book that was the experience and that's kind of it? Well, you can always be hopeful that there'll be another incarnation of what you do. Mm -hmm. But if you're not happy with what you've done, you're screwed. So I'm happy. I'm happy with what I'm done. What I've done. What you Max and I did here. Now, might there be a television series or a book version or a movie version of this? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the publisher we're with Neotext is famous for setting up those kind of links with their writers. So um, that's good. But um, you know, when I originally conceived of this. I come from Second City, which is sort of writer-performer background. And so I always, th and I always kind of wrote and thought my stories out from the point of view of the actor playing it. And when I came up with this idea, it struck me as, oh, this would be great as a TV show for the actors because not only does the lead, Jimmy Layton, get to be different versions of himself, but all the people in his life get to be slightly yeah. different versions of themselves yeah. too. So in one life, his girlfriend is married to his best friend. In one life, he's married to her. In another Burned, life, that's she's great. maybe a, a lesbian. You know, I mean, whatever the very... And we had a bunch of choices and things like that that we had to kind of pare down. And then, you know, but, but I thought as a television show, this would be an actor's delight because, you know you could put a little ensemble like a, a repertory company together who would play these different characters each week that are just, they're basically the same, but slightly different and fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, mentioning the SCTV stuff, obviously you're really well known for Bob and Doug uh, and all the other things there. Do you feel like there's an expectation at all when you're doing your first book, like, well, it's going to be a Bob and Doug book. And then you come out with this, which ultimately I think is better and it stretches and it seems like an exciting, very different idea. But do you, have you heard, or do you feel that pressure at all? No, I honestly don't. And here's why. First of all, that's 40 years ago. Yeah. That we did that. <laughs> Hard to feel that pressure from back then. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. And, it's like me and, being pressured uh, from my like first spanking. You're like, well, I don't really feel it too much anymore. So I mean, I mean, I I can look back on that and say that was fun. We had a great time and we enjoyed it. But you know, I've done 
so many different things since then that, you know, um, I mean, I, I was on a sitcom for five years. I, I was a staff writer on some drama shows. I, I created a game show, shot 144 episodes while I was doing Grace Under Fire. You know, yeah. I've, I've, I've done movies, I've done film, I've done pretty much, I had an animation company for 10 years. So, you know, I've done oh, yeah. just about every kind of entertainment thing that I could do and not the book. I mean, I wrote a coffee table book, the SCTV behind the scenes book, but that's not really a book. It was mostly pictures and, yeah. and it was really perfect for my writing ability at the time. You know, I think honestly, <laughs> I have that in my shelf over there somewhere. So you got it. Yeah, I do. Oh. I, it's somewhere over there. It's definitely lost, so I can't find it immediately. But I remember enjoying that book back in the day. So even with the pictures, still a good book, but not quite. Still I had a lot of pictures. And <laughs> the fact that I'd hoarded all those pictures paid off with the book. Because I was able to send those out and just kind of like, here's some pictures. I'm kind of short on the words, but here's some pictures. You mentioned so working working across oh, all right. those different genres and, and types of project, like what, what what keeps you moving and which do you sort of want to land back in on? I uh, usually fear keeps me moving. Yeah, uh, Steve, good. <laughs> the comedian Steve Wright had a great line that I think describes me perfectly, and that was how did the fool and his money get together in the first place? Which I thought <laughs> when I heard that I went, Oh, that's me. Pretty <laughs> so, I, you know, I've always just kind of blown my money on whatever I, whatever was handy at the time, you know, and um, not always intelligently. And then yeah. I need to get another job. I need to come up with something fast to pay the rent. So I'm still doing that. And so I can't stop. I'm driven by fear and driven by the need to pay my bills. I I think we all feel and understand. Yeah, I got that. that. I, I mean, look, at, I'm in a yeah. I'm working in a basement doing, right now. Like, right, I'm yeah, clearly yeah. up against. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you about one item on your resume. You mentioned you worked on a bunch of drama shows. I didn't know this initially, but I was surprised to learn you wrote for two seasons on Bones. Is that correct? Yeah. How did that happen? How did you end up three, getting actually, up with three seasons? I joined them. Yeah, I joined them. I, I wrote. Um, the show creator is a friend of mine and I was sort of like between stuff. I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And he <laughs> said, why don't, he said, why don't you try to come up with five really interesting ways that somebody could be killed? And I, said, <laughs> I said, okay, no problem. So I, did, I did that. And I sent him an email with my five ways that somebody could be killed. And he said, why don't you write a script for our show? I said, oh. okay. Now, I, I didn't really even know the show. So I went in, I met with the writers and sat in the office for a while. And then I pitched my, my idea of a bizarre way that somebody could be killed. And, <laughs> um, and then I wrote that script and they said, would you consider joining the, the staff as a consulting producer and writer? Um, and I went, yeah, actually, I would. And I'd never <laughs> done that. I'd never been staffed on somebody else's show before. And um, I had a really good time. That was one of the best creative experiences of my life. I loved that room. I loved the people wow. in it. And um, I loved the cast and had a great time, you know, working on that show. And And it was really, you know, forensic anthropology was not something I knew really anything about. So I really had to dig in and research that, you know, learn the 206 bones in the human body so I could use them. So you could break them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you could shatter them with projectiles and things like that. That would be clues for the people on the, the detectives on the show. And um, it was great. I had a great time. And then I went on and did the blacklist after yeah. that. And um, that wasn't as much fun, but it was an interesting experience. And, are you yeah, still jotting? Are you still jotting down creative ways for people to be murdered occasionally? No, <laughs> no, but I do have a dark side. Yeah, and um, 
Well, most of the stuff I come up with is pretty dark. I've got a thing I'm pitching with uh, one of the writers that I became friends with from the blacklist, a guy named Dan Knopf. He created that show Carnival. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he's a really interesting guy. So we came up with a really dark show that we're pitching wow. right now and trying to sell. And um, and <clears throat> we're, you know, I've got another thing I'm working on with my son that um, we cool. pitched to a few places. We pitched it actually this week to, um, oh, wow. uh, to a company. Um, oh, God. I've gone blank on his name now. Um, Play a hitman with a... Played a hitman with a clown milk, Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Yes, company. yes, yes. And they really liked our pitch, so we'll see, you know, if um, that has a home there. Awesome. There's a couple of questions here. I'm sure you get this all the time, but a couple of questions in the comments. Stray Bullet says, when is Strange Brew 2 coming out? And then Kevin says, given that Strange Brew is an adaptation of Hamlet, what would Strange Brew 2 be? <laughs> there is a script for Strange Brew 2 oh, that never got made. <laughs> and it was called Homebrew. And uh-huh. the, the concept of the script is that where we were still very much in the reality of Bob and Doug as the two presentational characters that had their little show and did direct address to camera back in 1980 when we did Strange Brew, 82. Um, we needed to be able to turn the cameras around sideways and shoot these characters in their lives and find out who their friends are, what their lives are like, and why as mature, older, grown men, they live together without <laughs> wives. You know what I mean? And not turn it into like some sort of a sexual thing that we didn't really want to deal with um so you know at a wedding to one of their friends um bob rick moranis's character brings his beer and everybody loves it says this is fantastic beer he said you know and one of the guys who i I was i had got dan Aykroyd set to play this character there's a guy named rick ripple and we have tremendous respect for him as Canadians because he's American. And, you know, they're, yeah. they're just made they're for success. They're Canadians aren't. And he says, you know, you, you should you should start your own brewery. That's what you should do. You should brew this beer and start your own brewery. You can make a fortune. And he'd be part of the mono, what he called the monoculture, which is, you know, <laughs> everybody goes to the same mcdonald's the same burger king the same starbucks the, oh, wherever you are in the world it's like the monoculture it's big corporations and everything's kind of the same he said, let's be one of those companies let's not be let's not be the customers let's be the sellers and so they a bunch of them put their money together and um fund a bur- and it all just goes to shit and they <laughs> end up burning. They end up burning down their own brewery to get the money. And um, ironically, the financing and the sort of project, the whole thing of doing that sequel went almost the same way that the story in the brewery did. (laughs) The financing, everything went to just, it just went just south so fast. And I lost, I lost personally. Lost a ton of money. Another ah, one of no. Brilliant financial moves. And uh, sorry. And ergo, where I inherited the 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 claim to Steve Wright's line as a sort of a you know my my headstone epitaph. Right. <laughs> so um, that is the story of the sequel to Strange Brew that never got made and uh, probably never will now. Painful um, memory. What was the other question that they had? Was there oh, just uh, since Strange Brew is an adaptation of Hamlet, what would Strange to Brew 2 be? Okay, so it's not. I can tell you why Strange Brew was an adaptation of Hamlet, and that is that Rick and I weren't allowed to write the script because we were under contract to NBC, and um, we had a record that had broken and was went gold and platinum, and then 
NBC said, if you guys, we know you're going to get a movie offer. If you guys try to write your own movie, we're going to sue you. We'll get you're, you. We have you exclusively. Ugh. So Rick Fine. and I hired a Hollywood screenwriter to write our movie. And we met with this guy and <laughs> said, uh, he said, well, what do you want the story to be about? And we didn't really know, you know. And yeah. I was an English major. And I said, I don't know. I said, why don't you make it Hamlet? <laughs> I said, have, have, instead of a guy, have a woman coming home from school and she finds out that her father has been murdered or his dad, and she'll find out later he was murdered, and her uncle married her mother, and there's a brewery there where they make beer, <laughs> and then he will brewmeister. Do that. So anyway, he wrote that. And, and then Rick and I read it, and it just missed the mark of the characters by a million miles. It was just yeah. not. <laughs> but our agents at CAA thought, we got it. We got a problem. <laughs> Good enough script, for us. <laughs> that script went out on a Friday, and by Wednesday, we had a movie deal. Wow. And, and so we had a movie deal for a movie we didn't want to do. <laughs> and Rick oh, said, I'm not doing this. He and I said, well, why don't we just rewrite it? And he said, well, they bought the other one. And I said, they didn't read it. This <laughs> is Hollywood. I said, I know this because I'd written some scripts in California before some movie scripts and done Spies Like Us with Dan and a oh, couple of other scripts for Joel Silver. And so I said, they bought the deal. They didn't buy the script. They bought the deal. We're on TV. We can promote this. They know that. The record is selling. They're, they're going to just give us some money and just say, make whatever the damn thing, whatever you like. So I, I started rewriting it by myself. I don't know. I got to page 30 or something. And Rick came over. And he said, let me see what you got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed it to him. He went, he said, okay, this is funny. Yeah, we could do this. And he said, he just rolled up his sleeves. And, he, and we started working on it together. Oh, so that's awesome. We never really quite caught up to the draft that we had sold we got about halfway through it with our rewrite mm -hmm. and then production hit and we had to <laughs> start shooting you know and i was a i i'm i've always been very visually oriented and i i said we got to get somebody really good to write to do storyboards for us because we don't know what the fuck we're doing anybody because they they had they fired the director mgm fired the director and said to rick and i you're directing this oh, and rick oh, wow. almost quit he almost quit at that point he didn't want to direct and um so i said we'll get a really good storyboard artist and i met this guy who you probably know paul chadwick mm -hmm. he wrote oh yeah this, comic called concrete concrete yeah, yeah. Concrete. yeah. so anyway i saw some of his stuff and he was really smart visually show. but he was also a fan of the characters that meant he got them he would know uh. how to do it so i would sit with paul and just sort of okay so at this point two cop cars come in let's do a spielberg type shot where we have the bumper of the car just come in wipe the frame and then do this and do that. So somewhere between my sort of derivative ideas of other people's good movies and Paul Chadwick's good sense of what a frame should look like, we wow. came up with storyboards that we stuck to fairly closely with what we shot, but we weren't ever able to really catch up to the story. So the, Brewmeister Smith and Hamlet story stayed in and ended right. up playing out the back half of the movie, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, that is wild. Much... The fact that that is true and you're on our comic book podcast telling us about the comic book <laughs> <laughs> person right? working on it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, I grew up on the I grew up on the Canadian border of New York, and Strange Brew would come on and we would we didn't know what we were watching hazy snowy tv and be like what is this comedy we're watching here and so it was truly like it was an informative movie in my career in my life so that was that's awesome well there's one point where we left our dog at home 
in the movie locked up and <clears throat> we come home and this was a really friendly black lab and he couldn't growl if his life depended on it so the dog guy the dog wrangler on the shoot would take two black it was a black lab two black elastic bands and just tie, put them around his teeth and feed them through his fur so that his teeth were bared but he was wagging his tail and he was <laughs> so we tried, we tried to keep his tail out of the shot but the joke was a real cartoon joke which is we come home we go and we go to the shot of the dog and then added the growl in post but and then we said oh he's mad and then we cut to the dog's pov and it was rick and i with big steak bodies like yeah, <laughs> yeah. instead of our bodies they were actual <laughs> oversized steaks that we had the proper build for and that's that's a lift from the old warner brothers cartoon sure you know? yeah yeah of course yeah. And bugs bunnies i i collected comics when i was a kid and loved comics i grew up on comics and comics were the sort of bridge between printed books and film i think you know yeah. they 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 gave kids like Mad Magazine was a comic, essentially. And those writers that wrote for Mad were, they were TV writers. They did TV parodies where, I mean, we got the idea for TV parodies for SETV from Mad because that's what mm. they did. They did TV show parodies, movie parodies. And yeah. the writers that they had, Dick DeBartolo and Larry Siegel and um, uh, Arnie Kogan and guys like that, I knew who they all were before we did SCTV because that was how that was how we grew up. So it's no it's no mistake or not a coincidence that there's a kind of a um, a marriage of comic book sen sensibilities in the work that <clears throat> I was involved with because it was always there. You know what I mean? It, it it was always part of the thinking. We were we were making panels in our minds of things to shoot on SCTV and then shooting them. You know, that's wow. yeah. my love that. Now, do you do you think you'll get back to comedy? Is there is there comedy stuff that's spinning in your head, or are you fully? It feels like you're moving into like you said this dark darker stuff, or just always expanding out into stuff you haven't done. Here's what happened to comedy. Um, <laughs> comedy at the beginning of the dawning of the what they might call later on the politically correct era, comedy took a real hit. And a lot mm -hmm. of my friends who were stand-ups couldn't play universities anymore because they'd get booed off the stage by the woke, you know, politically correct audiences that were offended by just about everything that they said. And so they would get booed and barred and you can't come back. You're not welcome back here. And I just got to a point where I couldn't do the comedy anymore that I used to do. And so the stuff that I started thinking of was darker and, you know, let, like, for example, the show Barry. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you oh, yeah. the show. Yeah, for sure. That's a comedy to me. I'm laughing my head off all the way yeah. through that. It's yeah. dark. It's about a hitman who kills. He actually kills people, but eh, you never really feel bad for the people he's killing. And there's a sort of a detachment <laughs> from the reality of the actual murders that makes it play and makes it acceptable. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's where my head is these days, as opposed to the kind of stuff I was doing back when I did SCTV. Now, are you getting stuff from people about our Burger King just arrived and we can't? Uh, we want to know what happened while they went to the door to get their Burger King. I saw one of those text messages on the bottom. No. <laughs> oh. Earlier, I was glancing down while we were talking and I saw this Burger King message where somebody said, I missed the beginning of the show because our Burger King arrived. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're here now, though. They're all cut The out, people so are hungry. The people are hungry. Yeah, exactly. there. yeah they exactly. got to eat, right? They got to eat. Sure, sure. It's around dinner time. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, the Many Lives so of Jimmy much. Layton is out now, right? You can get it anywhere. Love it. Look at yeah. that. Awesome. 
Again, Thank you so much. It. it really has been a pleasure. Uh, congrats Thanks on everything. Hope to read many, many more books to come. Pleasure. Thank All you. Right. Great Thanks, talking Dave. to you. All right. There we go. Once again, the legendary Dave Thomas. The book is called The Many Lives of Jimmy Layton, and you can get it absolutely everywhere now. It's very good. Um, so yeah. yeah. Great read, and, uh, you know, really nails the uh, the landing. Really just Plus, Pete, it. famously not liking books without pictures, and this is mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. I, it was one of those ones where I was like, God damn it, this is a fucking long book to read. Uh, but yeah, I was able to uh, power through <laughs> it and uh, made it, it, you know, it was one of those page turners. He wanted to kind of see how it's going to end. Good for yeah. you. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath his facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Caped Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, this rollicking adventure, told across 10 episodes, is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas, includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy, and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman the Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. No, it's good. And good for everybody out there because we're going to move to our next section because you all make it up. It's your audience question. <laughs> and your audience question. I'm what on you it. Always I'm say. on it. <laughs> that's what you always say. You are questions, all of you, I think. You can drop a question and ask a question over on (laughs) Crowdcast or over on YouTube. Drop it in the comments over there. We'll take a look. But first of all, we know what you are drinking, Justin, unless you switch to something else. You switch to Uh, something else? Yes. I have um, an Austin East Cider. Hmm. Cider. Um, Which I don't normally drink, but I was cooking with one earlier, and so here I am finishing it off. There you go. Cooking with the cider, you say? Cooking with a, um, yeah, I was making a stew. Uh, we, uh, we, I am drinking a lack of No, we, we, we had a hand <laughs> we... in it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, little something, something Al from Lagunitas. It's also an IPA. It's pretty good. Very strong. Uh- Alex, talking to comedy legends, really. Uh, it threw me. It was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, those were some good stories. I was very happy yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, Pete, honestly, the, the, the Paul Chadwick thing is crazy. That, yeah, I can't believe I, mean, I have that, that book. You know, like that was good crazy stuff. that it was like, uh, yeah. I'm drinking uh, Voodoo Ranger mm, IPA. Good stuff. Whoa, Pete drinking an Alex beer. Very <laughs> Pretty strange. much. Uh, okay, we got a couple of questions here. This is from Joe Benton over on YouTube. Official audience question. Whenever you guys Official. run out of your drink, how do you make another one? Mix it secretly behind the scenes? Yeah. Uh, uh, or right sometimes you guys laugh at me because I'm being too loud, you know, <laughs> when I'm like trying to stealthily pour vodka into a drink. Yeah. If you were pouring a bottle of wine, it's the <laughs> loudest I've ever <laughs> heard. And I worked and you were, for 10 years. You were also, Pete, saying glug, 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 glug yeah, while you were doing it like a cartoon. Yeah. I usually, I usually make two. So I pour one for myself and then I have a second one sitting by. There you go. That's my big um, secret. I'll usually start with the cocktail and then move on to some sort of uh, beer or canned beer. And, I've, you know, I've got another one on the tip over here. Whoa, Great nice. for IPA. And let me just say, I'm coming off of a um, a weekend in New Orleans, so oh. I am oh, tired of drinking. <laughs> I have an audience question about that. Yes. Uh, yes. Could you tell me what you ate when you went to uh, Chef Brett Macris's amazing restaurant down in New Orleans? So I was lucky enough. I mean, yeah, he might be the better person to tell you about it. But um, truly, uh, I hooked up with with Brett, went to his restaurant, Kushan, in, in New Orleans. It is amazing. Anytime, if anyone's listening here who lives there or uh, is visiting New Orleans at any time in the future, please go there. It's so good. Um, great food across the board. 
uh, Brett sent out some food. He sent out this uh, this fish. I think it was a golf trout. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Brett. Um, the golf snapper, golf snapper, uh, with this sambal sauce on top that he had actually shared uh, the the recipe for with Nat, who's in the comments here on our Patreon Slack. It was unbelievable. I had a party of like 13 people, and wow. Brett truly rolled Rolling out for 13 us. 13 deep, That's huh? Awesome. Yeah, it was it was a blast. We had a blast in New Orleans the whole time. We drank a bunch of uh, ice Irish coffees from Aaron Rose. Anything we could get our hands on. Had a nice cocktail though on uh, Sunday night with Brett uh, on my way out of town. Blast. But what did you go in and like? What did you order? Like the, you said, the amazing <laughs> snapper that came out. But what did you sit down and order? Uh, we ordered like everything, uh, all the small plates on the menu. So that was my favorite. I didn't favorite, ask I for think. a flex on Oh me. my I God. To know Just he ordered a bunch of stuff. What are you getting I'm at, Pete? The, the garbage um, plate. He got the garbage plate. No, Jesus did you Christ. Ask, what did you ask for? Like, what were you excited the por- to the eat? Pork and ba- the pork and bacon pie was the best. The oysters it's were so amazing. Aggressive. <laughs> they're in a, they're in a, served in a chili oil sauce. Um, Brett sent out some um, ribeye toast that were like so good. Um, oh the uh, a, they do a a, uh, a special called the Kushan, the fried gator. Yes, that was very what? good. He dropping menu items in the comments. Uh, the the Kushan was this um, smoked ham that was just the absolute uh, Aristotelian perfection of what smoke is. Oh it was so good. Did they have yeah, to the throw you out because you didn't want to stop eating? Like I, I don't. Know. No, uh, we ended up having to run out of there to get to the next thing we had to do, but it was um, excellent. And then I don't know how you do sent. another thing. Well, uh, that you go to the very restaurant. That's the thing. What? Just calm down, Pete. Uh, why don't we go to some questions about other things? This is from Nat. I didn't pay attention to the Disney Plus announcements. Announcements. What are you excited about? Any trailers we should watch or anxiously anticipate? We got a trailer dropping tonight that we were yes, talking about. Yes, we do. Um, so that's something to look forward to. But the um, Disney Plus stuff, Moon. I think he's talking about Disney Plus Day was on November yes. 12th. There was a bunch of stuff that came out there. It was pretty muted, I think, was the response from everybody. Like, they basically followed up on a lot of stuff that came before. Marvel, of course, dominated everything. The big thing that they did is they released a, I think it's 14-minute special on Disney Plus, which, mind you, was very hard to find. But it had first looks at Moon Knight. She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, some Secret Invasion stuff. So that was very, very cool. So I think that was the big highlight of the day of pretty much everything that they rolled out all day long. Are you guys as excited as I am about Moon Knight? Yeah. No. Sure. Um, I'm excited. He's he's like Batman, but he wears a white costume. Go fuck yourself with that. Yeah. He's like Moon Man. He's like Moon Man. He's Moon Man. I guess. Yeah. No, what is Moon Man? What are you even talking about? Yeah, he's what like is Moon, Moon Man. Man. The guy who's powered by the cheese from the moon. You know what he's talking about. Yeah, no, Pete. No, he's like Everybody a werewolf, but he with white. Yeah, he's a guy. He He's like, uh, did we say he's like Batman? You guys read the comics. Like, what the fuck? How did I've never read comic? a comic. I don't know how I ended up on this show. Oh, my God. <laughs> And this from sh- this is a nonstop accident. This is from Stray Bullet. If you had to live in any pop cultural universe, which one would you want to live in? Feel free to take the DCEU out of the running. I want to live Oof. in a oh, Jesus Christ. So what are you mad about? Um obviously um upcoming uh Riverdale episodes called Rivervale. I I'll be there. I'd love <laughs> there. Nope. That'd be fun. <laughs> No uh, fictional universe to live in. I mean, that's that's a tough one. A lot of mm. options. A lot of horrifying options. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Does that count as a fictional universe? That seems pretty nice. You just gotta kind of solve some puzzles and occasionally eat hot dogs and stuff. That's easy. Yeah, you want to live on the ship with the Eternals and uh, Harry Styles. Right, <laughs> yes, absolutely. What what was the name of the ship? They mentioned it like five times, and even the kid was like, "This is a cool ship that you should buy toys of." Halfway through the movie. Yeah. Uh, what a fun toy. It's a big triangle. Yeah. Whoa. It's got hallways. Hallways and one yeah. or two big rooms. And like a um, lot of modern art installations randomly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, great. Uh, I think we have Fictional universe. One. I'm going to throw out. 
I would live in the Narnia Chronicles of Narnia world. I, not all the Christian stuff, obviously, but the jumping into paintings, I'm here for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, conversely, pain. I'm actually into the Christian stuff, so I'm just going to go to church. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> fictional the fictional universe you want to live in is regular christian yeah. church yep the, <laughs> the bible cool. hey man <laughs> let me be your mr tumness and pull you into it that's cool that's i could go up to any priest and be like you're like a mr tumness right <laughs> he's like yes oh wow i've been waiting to be called that my entire life please come on come with me have some Wait, turkish you're... delight i mean communion wafers Wow. Wait, you're Jewish? You're worth two points in the Christian conversion rate. <laughs> That's great. Let's definitely I, uh, I guess, give point rankings for Jews. That makes I, I guess I'll go with <laughs> any any TV show or movie where they have the you know eating contest is the, where I want to live. Oh, like, I want to be the challenge. That's our world. That's this world. That's the world we're in. Yeah, that happens every July 4th at Cody Island. You can just go there. Great. great. Thanks for asking this question. This is from Nelson Martinez. I started the comics of Lock and Key and Deadly Class after listening to your podcast. What are some other shows you guys covered based on comics that you guys also enjoyed and were Legion Trail too? Legion's a good choice. Pete shouts before Alex finished answering the question. Congratulations. That's two points. Thank you. Yes, you can turn those in for Jews at the end of the show. (laughs) Get out of here. That's you. Are you going to be offended about that? Uh, We've crossed the cultural lines here. Um, I don't know how many people have listened to this podcast uh, that we did, but the uh, Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol was a really good representation. Don't play with people's emotions. Yeah, you could just, I don't know if you could search for it. I don't know. If yeah, it's about come on. Who are straight bullies? Come on. We did it on cassette tape and just mailed them to random people. So it's out there. You just got to find you gotta, it. You got to find it. It's like it. the Wu-Tang um, album. We only did yeah, one recording. Exactly. And, yeah. Ooh, we got a question from Pete here. Looking to get into Punisher, what is a good run to check out or Punisher timeline I should follow? Well, that's, you know, that's, here's the thing. You got to really, it depends on what you're into. Um, more the the kind of most recent one that i thought was unbelievable was jason aaron uh did a really great run but uh you know there's a lot of fantastic runs uh the punisher max series with ennis is legendary i mean that's kind of set the bar so um you know i would just say you know listen to your heart you know, there's a bunch of Christmas specials where he kills a bunch of people Listen really beautifully. Own. You know, I mean, it really depends on what you're into. There's a Punisher comic there. So obviously, Dirty Laundry is a great starting point. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jane. Oh yeah, and Remender's Run that gets really interesting towards the end, in particular. That's a great choice. Let's leave it on that. Uh, this is from NR over on YouTube. What are some of your favorite pulp heroes and pulp stories? Pulp Secret. Is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Not a great story, to be honest. But I would throw out there the spirit. The pickle adventure was one of the best. The spirit by Darwin Cook. Does that count? Would you say? Yeah, it's like sort of on the edge. I mean, it's a modern riff as well, but I think he gives a classic feel to it. Um, I mean, classic. I guess I don't read a lot of classic pulp, but sort of criminal. The the Brubaker stuff. Yeah. There's a there's a book on um, on Brian K. Vaughn's uh, digital comic site panel syndicate uh, called Friday that I'm really liking that mm-hmm. is like a sort of teen mystery pulp um, that's definitely worth checking out. They did a bunch of like fun noir uh, like Marvel books that was like they did like mm-hmm. a, like a bunch of new uh, like noir Spider Man noir it was cool um, uh, those I very much enjoyed. Uh, we got a very deep question here from Kevin. Yes. If you were to transition to something completely different for what you're doing now, what would your second act or third or eighth be? Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, do you mean as a podcast or as a human? <laughs> yeah, I might I think just as a human. I pack think up everything yeah. and move to West Philly would be a... Uh, you know, oh, wow. That's a huge change. Yeah, it's huge They change. have totally different cheesesteaks there. They put the cheese on the bottom instead of the top, you know? Uh, don't. Yeah. I must have cheese. That, beautiful. That's a great question, though. Uh, yeah, Ben the Border Collie says human sexual dog. I mean, uh, the stories that, that Pete was, told me about it. Pete, that was Pete's uh, what 
second act? First. Uh, first yeah, act. second Wait. act. <laughs> second act of nine. Uh, and Pete, feel free to list any of the nicknames for any of your friends in any portion of your life as we talk about different <laughs> acts. Because I feel like Squeezebox and uh, Too Tall or whatever their names are will uh, come on, man. It's Chappy the Fish and, you know, the Unseen Vegan Dream. Uh, I mean, in terms of transitioning to something else, I would say the one thing that I have never wanted to do is professionally do anything with food. And the reason is because I enjoy cooking. I enjoy reading about food and I enjoy doing stuff, but I don't want to be involved professionally. Like, it's not something that I want to make money on so that it gets ruined for me and becomes a job. Because right now, it's a release to cook at the end of the day. That's nice. I mean, I appreciate that. But honestly, my answer was going to be open a bar in a small town. <laughs> open a bar in a small town that serves food and just uh, oh, live that. What kind I'm of food? A, um, you know, like elevated uh, pub food. That's like, hey, I like to cook. I would want to like work on the menu, be up front. I grew up in a small town. I love you. Someday want to move. Back. Would it have to be behind the bar, man? What are you talking about? You, you love yeah, to be behind the bar. the bar, be in front of the bar. Never stop moving. Yeah. Hmm. We got one last one here. Uh, this is from Isaac Carter. If you could start another podcast, what would it be about? Uh, well, we've already done Doom Patrol. So we don't. Absolutely trolling. Um, <laughs> I mean, if we were, what, how about let me reframe the question slightly? What what's a non comic or any of our world that we're in right now? I would based podcast that we would ooh, do. I would like to do a, a story podcast with you guys where we would just kind of share stories and then kind of make fun of each other along the way or <laughs> after what we're doing here. Most of the time, I mean, let's throw that out there. That's a great idea. Yeah. If we did just like a, we got a to- solicited a topic from someone. Yeah, got a topic, and then yeah. one of us brought a topic each week that the other two didn't know about, and then we're just like, um, yeah, here we're going to do stories about this. Yeah, would love it. We've lived enough. We've lived enough of life to have stories that are weird. <laughs> weird stories. Great. All right, and that is it for your audience questions. Yeah, yeah. And now we're going to move it over to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Pete LePage. The part where we give back to the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics Online. Because if you had $25, bucks, you go to a comic book shop. And, uh, yeah. You know, will you just, uh, do we have a person? We do. Isaac Carter is going to be competing for a trivia this week so i have invited him into the stream he should be here any second uh for all of you while we're waiting hey there's isaac hello <laughs> what's up, isaac? What's up? <laughs> isaac what's up thanks for joining us appreciate it all, all right, right pete you want to take it away yes yeah, so today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend gavin o'herlihy R.I.P. Uh, please okay. listen to all three options before making your selection. Okay, here we go. Wh- question number one. Wh- which comic icon is going to be on Sesame Street? Is it A. Jim Lee, B. Greg Pak, or is it C. Frank Oz? So it's either A, or you could pick B or C. <laughs> I'll go with A. A is correct, sir. Yes. Jim Lee. Very exciting. Can't wait to check it out. Question number two. Who will be, who is being pulled into a Spider-Man trademark battle? Is it A, Doc Ock, B, Miles Morales, or C, Justin Case? So it's either A, Doc Ock, don't pick it, or it's B, Miles Morales. I'll take B. B is correct. Ah. All right, here we go. Last one. (laughs) What DC character is moving to New York City in 2022? Is it A, Black Manta, B, Batman, or C, Margot Kidder? Is it A, don't pick it, or is it B, Batman? (laughs) 
I'll tell you B. <laughs> B is correct. Yes. Whoa. Congratulations. Batman. Welcome, Batman. You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. We will get that right off to you now. Isaac, do you have any idea about the secret quiz inside Pete's quiz, or did Kevin call it out here in the comments? Yeah. Superman uh, 3? Is it, is it Uncle Buck? Uncle Buck? Ah, yes. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. I Superman. wish, says the man who created this trivia. <laughs> no way of controlling Superman it. Three. <laughs> Pete. Pete wakes up every morning and he finds the quiz questions in his shoes left by some elves overnight. So that's kind of how it works. But there was a person whose actual name is Justin Case. I mean, come on, that's that's comedy gold. I mean, right what there. a nightmare! I've Isaac, been congratulations! That that's not even my name. Thank, thank you so you, much thank for you. coming on. Appreciate it. We'll get. Yeah, great to see you. All right, there we go. If you'd like to do trivia, I will drop the link into the chat here, or you can check it out on our Twitter feed at Comic Book Live. But in the meantime. Comic books, they're coming out. New ones, old ones, all sorts of ones. What are you looking forward to, Pete? In the meantime, comics. (laughs) Get on board. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to Robin's number one. Mm. Ah, good. Robin. Robin. Great. Okay. Justin, (laughs) no elaboration. You know what? what He doesn't... he does I know, it's still, it's that, 15 but, years in, it's still surprising that there's nothing I was there. shocked he didn't say another word, and it happens <laughs> every time. Robbins, number one. Robbins, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what about you? Derek Jeter, uh, number I'm two. looking forward to um, Eat the Rich, number four, mm. a great comic about... Um, and this isn't spoiling, this is just spoiling the first issue a little bit, but it is the premise. Um, a woman who is uh, meeting her uh, boyfriend's family for the first time oh, uh, learns stressful. that they, yes, very stressful, learns that they eat people at their big parties that they have. Um, Fucking rich people, man. Yeah. So uh, that book is very good. Lots of fun, twists and turns, and the visual style is really cool. I like that. And I'll give a quick shout out to Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, number five, which oh, continues to be, by Tom King, uh, <laughs> continues to be an excellent run. Great art by Bilkis Evely. I'm going to give a shout out to Refrigerator Full of Heads, number two. Oh, DC yeah. Comics. This is a sequel to Bucket Full of Heads about a magical axe. Basket, after- basket. basket full of heads. Sorry. Uh, magical acts that after it chops me off people's heads they still stay alive and still talk last issue they chopped off a shark's head and the shark just kept on chomping uh, so it's wild plus it has Tom Fowler art and I just love his stuff so much it's great yeah. so very excited about that one good time. those are all going to be in our stack podcast which comes out in the comic book club feed its own dedicated stack feed Wednesdays at 9am so check it out and folks that is it for this week's show we want to thank our guest Dave Thomas for coming on check out the many lives of Jimmy Layton out in bookstores everywhere right now Uh, also we are going to have a show next week guests TBA so come hang out it'll be fun but we have a bunch of other podcasts in the meantime Marvel Vision, yeah. our Marvel podcast, is running. We just put up an episode with Eternals, and we're aiming to have a special episode tonight all about the Spider-Man. Oh, what you guys think of Eternals? Uh, hold on. Uh, Riverdale yeah, After yeah. Dark, our Riverdale podcast is back tonight for a five-episode event, so check that out. And plenty more podcasts to come. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow don't forget to leave us a question or challenge in the itunes reviews that's where we take those at comic book live on twitter comic book club live on instagram comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time good night good night everybody yeah carry yourself up there
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.